We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now is Chris Breederman to talk about our sponsor, Lamb Chops. My favorite clothing brand. I've never had a favorite clothing brand, but now I have one. It's Lamb Chops. You can check them out at sglambchops.com, instagram.com slash sglambchops, or you can just search that on Instagram. They're a Minnesota-based fashion brand founded in 2012. They emphasize attention to detail, and Chris, you talk about that all the time. It's the attention to detail. It's the premium quality. And that's why they're my favorite clothing brand. And I think you're probably in lockstep with me there. Absolutely. Everything's super comfortable, high quality, um, and stylish. And you, yes. you sometimes you have to sacrifice in one of those areas with different clothing brands, but I don't think you do with Lamb Shops. You're able to get comfortable stuff, stylish stuff, um, and uh, and just high quality stuff. And, and we couldn't be happier. And it's summertime, which means, hey, maybe you need some new shorts. They've got that for you. SGLambchops.com. T-shirts, shorts, hoodies, whatever you want. From unique statement pieces to everyday essentials, Lamb Chops has it for you. SGLambchops.com. We are also sponsored by Oakley. Speaking of summer, upgrade your sunglass game right now. Chris, you and I did that with Oakley's. We've been out golfing a couple times. We look sick. Our ball tracking is A1. But maybe you don't golf. Maybe you're just training. Maybe you just want to look nice. Then do that. Upgrade your sunglass game at oakley.com. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses, allowing for an extension of self, an expression of your personality. There's more than meets the eye. And listen up, because it's officially almost summer. That means you need to upgrade your sunglass game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. The Houston's, the Baxter's, those are the two that we have. We love them to death. Um, I mentioned the Holbrooks every time because one of my favorite sunglass frames of all time, they have those as well. And they have the Prism Lens technology. And if you're wondering what the hell that is, you can find out. It's proprietary technology to Oakley, and it's available for everyday settings as well. And if you want to know more, I know you do. Head on over to oakley.com and do your own damn research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try for yourself. I've worn Buku sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but they are the best quality out there. Get over to oakley.com right now for more information today. All right, 49ers offseason roster preview continues with tight ends. Let's dive in. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. 
Bosa's got him and a second back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. Love diving into some tight ends. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no, we got a few things to get to. The Niners tight end spot is a little bit strange because since 2018, it's been George Kittle and then everybody else. And who everybody else is has changed a little bit, and we're, we're going to talk about that. But I want to start with, with George Kittle specifically because his numbers aren't as gaudy as they were in 2018 when he set a record for for receiving yards by a tight end but his his touchdown production has actually gone up and it kind of felt to me I don't know where you landed on this Chris but it felt like it felt like we were reaching this stage of George Kittle's career where he was really going to start to kind of fall off with injury issues with all the other weapons around him it just the the getting older he turns 30 this year so maybe some of that explosive playability wasn't going to be there. It felt like we were going to see kind of the back end of George Kittle's career, but instead he's evolved his game. And so maybe the targets and the catches and the big yards aren't going to be there as much, but he's scoring touchdowns at a much higher rate than he was. And specifically in the red zone. And this is where I think we're going to see second stage George Kittle because from 2017 to 2020, he played 53 games. He had seven touchdowns in the red zone in the last two years in 29 games. He has nine. And that's where I think we're going to see George Kittle continue to be. He's still going to be a really good blocker. But I think over the last two years, he has 17 total touchdowns. I think we're going to kind of see that number stay around like seven, eight, nine a season as he gets more and more effective in those in, in the red area. Yeah, it was interesting because in 2018, when he set the record for receiving yards by a tight end, which has since been broken by Travis Kelsey, he was targeted 136 times and so the many. second most, the second highest number of targets was 2019. It was 107 targets. Um, but in 2018, when he set that record, he only caught 65% of his targets. Mm -hmm. And in 2019, that number jumped all the way up to 79%. Mm -hmm. So, and he's been sort of hovering like 62%. 65 or sorry 76 percent 75 percent and last year was at 69.8 um i think second stage george kittle is going to be a lot similar to what we saw last year and maybe mm -hmm. the last two years in terms of what he is in the red zone because i think you and i talked about in 2019 a lot of those big plays a lot of those touchdowns were just like big plays he was like a big mm -hmm. play yards after catch monster mm -hmm. impossible to tackle in the open field Kyle Shanahan would find ways to get him in the open field whether it was CJ Beathard or Nick Mullins mm -hmm. um getting George Kittle the ball like that's how George Kittle made his hay despite catching just 65 percent of his targets right and now that number's been comfortably over 70 75 percent with the exception of last year because He's probably a better contested catch guy. Like he's probably better yes. in traffic than he used to be when he first came in the league, which I think he's really worked on. And I think is a testament to, to how his games evolved and all that work that he's put in. Um, so what I'm interested to see is like, 
because I don't think the volume's going to be there. I think when you have Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and uh, Christian McCaffrey, you're like George Kittle is never going to get targeted 136 times again. Right. But like last year, 15 games, 86 targets, right? 60 catches. That's not a whole lot. But I kind of think like George Kittle's probably going to be within like if he's healthy, which he hasn't he's never played a well, actually, he hasn't played a full a full season since 2016. Um, but if George Kittle, you know, only misses two weeks, which he did last year, I think 65 to 75 catches is probably what you're what you're expecting from a production standpoint. Mm-hmm. But I think he absolutely could be the guy who continues to get targeted regularly in the red zone because he is like, is George Kittle the best contested catch guy the Niners have? I think he might be like the best, like best hands in traffic, best going over the middle. Debo's pretty good at it. Debo's had a lot of like drops though, too. (laughs) Yeah, no, um, it's definitely something that, that Kittle has gotten better at for sure. I get, yeah, I, I, I get, yeah, yes. He's the player that when the ball gets thrown up and he's there, I'm the most confident that he's going to come down with it. So, yeah. Yeah, like draped in coverage, I think George Kittle is probably the best one the Niners have. So I, I think when when we talk about like the second stage of George Kittle's career, um, that's probably that's probably what it's going to look like. I, I wonder if like are the 49ers ever going to ease off on just the number of snaps he plays? And the ratio of snaps he plays because of how good he is as a blocker. Mm-hmm. And if they ever just say, hey man, instead of like 95 to 100 percent of the snaps every week, we're gonna we're gonna drop that to like 75, 80 and try to keep you fresh as long as we can. Mm-hmm. And then what are what like what's the drop off? What concessions does Kyle Shanahan have to make schematically to have George Kittle play less? Or is Kyle Shanahan just unwilling to make any of those concessions, which I could also see too. Yeah, it's it's such a difficult thing because he's such a unique player. And our buddy Nick Wagner actually wrote about this over at ESPN recently. Kittle's so unique that you can't just one for one replace him with another tight end because Kittle is such an effective run blocker and such an effective receiver that it's not going to tip off the defense when he's on the field as to what the Niners are going to do. Whereas when Ross Dwelly and Charlie Warner are on the field, you're thinking run and you don't have to account for them as receivers the way you do with Kittle. So I think he's going to have to continue playing unless the Niners want to change what their offense looks like a little bit. That's, that's kind of where I've landed anyways. Yeah. Which probably shifts to, you know, like what, what's, what's it going to look like with Cameron Latu and is Braden Willis going to be somebody who contributes I think Braden um, Willis is going to be more productive than Cameron Law, too. That's a, that's a take. That's my take. That's a fire take. I mean, the, the thing is with that, it, it falls in line with the growing trend that, that just pick, picks up steam every year of Niners late round or lower round guys at certain positions contributing more yeah. than mm-hmm. the same guys drafted earlier at other positions. Mm-hmm. You go through all the running backs. We've done that in nauseum, right? You can even just look at Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I don't think any 49ers fan who's been watching the way this team is drafted and developed their their mid-round guys compared to their late-round guys, that like they that 
it wouldn't surprise anybody if Braden Willis ended up being better than Cameron Latu. No, at least in, in, in Latu's in kind of a weird spot because he was a converted defensive end or outside linebacker. And he's still kind of ascending as a, as a pass catcher. And I think you saw that over his last couple of years at Alabama, he played tight end for five years in Alabama and didn't catch a pass until his fourth season. But in that season, he caught eight touchdowns and was and was pretty good. So maybe there's upside that the Niners see there. Um, but I just Willis looks like such a smoother athlete and seems like he has a better handle on on the receiving aspect of the position. And he does enough things athletically that if he gets the blocking stuff down, you could easily see the Niners figuring out ways to kind of get him in space. That's what he did a lot at Oklahoma. It was just he's open in space. He's going to make the catch and then and then and then rumble ahead. I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities for him to do that for the Niners. And if he can be an effective pass catcher, him or Latu can be an effective pass catcher. Now all of a sudden, maybe the Niners are looking at George Kittle and going, "Hey, now instead of 95 percent of the snaps, he only needs to play 90 percent. Can you give him, you know, a dozen plays off in a game because you feel good about?" one or both of, of Latu and, and Willis as blockers and pass catchers. And I think that's what they're trying to find out. I think that's why they invested in the position. Yeah, it's something that we've, I mean, I think everybody who's observed the 49ers has called for them to like draft somebody mm-hmm. relatively early. And they've just kind of punted on doing that for years and years. And it's not that, you know, you need an insurance policy to George Kittle because you think like, he sucks. <laughs> it's just like George Kittle's hurt a lot. He's like, he's dealt with a ton of injuries. And at some point after he retires, he's going to need surgery to repair his, his left shoulder. Right. So like, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's not going away. Kittle's, it doesn't sound like Kittle's ever going to have off season surgery to like fix that shoulder because it might, you know, he's so, he's so, bent on doing a ton of off-season stuff in in terms of like working and working out that like you know spending six months on the shelf and immobilized recovering from shoulder surgery just doesn't seem to like isn't something he wants to do um so like we've all been sort of calling for the 49ers to add somebody they tried to with jordan reed in 2020 Mm -hmm. that's the closest approximation we've had really but and I think it now, was going to work if he stayed healthy. Yeah, but Jordan Reed at that point had always been hurt and then got hurt again, um, like everybody on the 49ers roster did in 2020, including George Kittle. Um, <laughs> but no, now Latu is, and Willis sort of represent what we what I think a lot of us have been calling for them to do. Um, just an aside, do you know Charlie that like this is Charlie Warner's fourth year in the league? I was looking, I was like, oh, he's drafted in 2020. Like, because I was trying to figure out when his rookie contract's up. I was like, oh yeah, this is the last year of his rookie contract. This might be the end of the Charlie Warner era, Chris. <laughs> I was like, and that's our Oakley spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> how will how will you remember the Charlie Warner era? Do, or do you know, here, here's here's my lasting memory of Charlie Warner. He got two targets last year. One of them was oh dang i can't remember who it was against but it was that leak play that they run the flow play where they play action roll out to one side and then throw it back to the tight end on the sure. other side and he just lost track of the ball he's wide open and just had no business finding the football 
And then the other one was the one where he was running up the seam against the Falcons and probably had a tutty and Garoppolo hit him in the chest and he just dropped it. I think those were his two targets last year. Probably contributing to George Kittle playing in like 100% of the snaps and a lot of the games he plays. And he was an ascending player in 2021. Career high, six targets, five catches, 52 yards. (laughs) We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? I am psyched to announce our new sponsor. Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made for you. Man, I have been, I'm legitimately so stoked about this. I've been wearing Oakley sunglasses since I can remember. I had a pair of the Flax for when I played baseball. They were a staple. I had them. Everyone on my team had them. And I've been rocking with Oakley ever since. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run golf train or do you just want to look like your favorite athlete Debo Samuel Debo Samuel's rocking Oakley's then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakley's today suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self an expression of your personality there's more than meets the eye here on Candlestick Chronicles we are all about look good play good like we debate what players are going to be good in the NFL based on what numbers they wear like that's how much we believe in look good play good and that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us we don't leave our house in the morning without our Oakleys and listen up because it's officially almost summer which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game right now not today not tomorrow because next thing you know it's fall and you didn't upgrade your sunglass game go do that right now check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair today I've got a pair of Holbrooks I've had two pairs of Holbrooks in the last 15 years they are my favorite pair of sunglasses to wear I don't leave the house without them but get yourself a pair of Corridors or the Sutros, both styles I really, really love, especially for summer where you're out barbecuing or you're out at the beach. They are just the perfect sunglasses. And did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? So what the hell's that? <laughs> We're going to learn together. It's proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. You want to know more? I know you do because I sure do, and we can do this together. Head on over to oakley.com and do your own research as you know us we love doing your own research on this show and while you're there get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better i'm telling you people talk about the glow up with facial hair no no no. my glow up came when i bought a pair of holbrooks so when you wear oakley there really is more than meets the eye don't trust me try it for yourself well trust me but also try it for yourself i've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life and i can assure you oakley is not only the best looking 
but it's the best quality. I told you I've had two pairs of Holbrooks. The one was because I lost them at a wedding. And I didn't even leave the town that the wedding was in before I left with a new pair of Holbrooks. I went to a to a store that sells sunglasses in the in the town that I was visiting to get a new pair of Holbrooks uh, before before I went home. That's that's how much I love them. Uh, Oakley's not only the best looking, but they're absolutely the best quality out there. So head on over to Oakley.com for more information today. Hey, it's your friends Kyle and Chris here with SG Lamb Chops, our homies. And our favorite fashion brand. Check them out at sglambchops.com. Go to Instagram and follow them at sglambchops. What's that? That's a Minnesota-based fashion brand. They were founded in 2012, and they emphasize attention to detail and premium quality, and that's reflected in the Lamb Chops brand cleaver logo. It's so sick. It's such a sick logo. It's just a really clean, just a cleaver, and it's a custom cut and fit for every single piece Chris, you and I both have a closet full of this stuff, and I've yet to have something from them that I don't like. I think the emphasis is definitely on quality and comfort, and we talked about it before, but we live in an era where comfort is really at the forefront when it comes to clothing, and with all these athleisure brands, very few of them are fashionable, but Lamb Chops takes all that comfort and that quality that you need, and they happen to make very fashionable items also you can get just very comfortable mesh shorts with pockets we all love those but they can look a little bit boring sometimes you can get some leopard print you can get some inverted leopard print so the inverted leopard print looks kind of cool it looks almost like a dark camo well you can get That's regular it. leopard print if you want to stand out a little bit um you and i have both rocked the various animal prints I don't, they're not even animal prints but they're just you can get shorts with orcas and wolves and lions mm. favorite animals um you can get basic sweatshorts um everything's just super comfortable super premium and super stylish and i think that's that's just a great combo for for any clothing brand but lamb chops really stands out among the rest for that and uh that's one of the reasons why we love working with them lamb chops is leading the herd with original and high quality clothing they offer one-of-a-kind clothing options from unique statement pieces to your everyday essentials so join the group that's leading the herd, SG Lamb Chops. That's sglambchops.com. And on Instagram at sglambchops. Follow them right now. I do think like Charlie Warner's fine as a blocking tight end. He's like fine yeah. to like pretty good. As a he's a fine third or fourth tight end. Yeah. But in the modern NFL, if you roll a guy out there that teams don't have to account for yeah. as a receiver, that just that makes it really, really hard to play offense. Yeah, agreed. Charlie Warner was a sixth round pick and he didn't catch a lot of passes at Georgia. And I don't care about his athletic scores and how they compare to Rob Gronkowski or whatever. Like he's just so not... wait, 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 hold on. I was going to mention that you don't think Charlie Warner and George Kittle ended up being the Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez combination of their, their generation. No, as was posited after Charlie Warner was drafted in the sixth round. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I don't, mm, I don't think they quite got there. Okay. But, not quite. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's the thing is, is Warner is a, is a really nice third or fourth tight end where it's third and one in a big spot and you roll him out there and he's going to do his job and you feel good about it. But when he is your surefire second tight end, it's just a, an extra offensive lineman. Yeah, that's and, a spot that if you're drafting, like, that's the spot you probably are, are trying to upgrade. 
Yeah, and probably I get why sooner the Niners, than the 49ers should, than the 49ers ended up doing. And I get why the Niners do it because blocking is priority number one for them. Even like as a receiver, you have to be able to block. Yeah, and that's why I think they wait to take these guys because they typically aren't going to go get the super athletic pass catching guy early in the draft because that guy may or may not be a very effective blocker. How many guys can we look at and say like the 40, the way the 49ers went about drafting that player changed the way other teams sort of scouted that position. I think Brock you can say Purdy. it about, I think you can. <laughs> no, I'm think, serious. There were so oh, many I, quarterbacks that got drafted this year where draft analysts were like, what do you remember the 2020 draft and how every single team was looking for the next Debo Samuel? Yes. That's I still think going you could on, say, by the way. Yeah, I think you could say the same for George Kittle. George Kittle was kind of a unicorn. Like, he's a freak athlete, mm-hmm. and he's a really good blocker in college. Like, why wasn't he drafted higher? Well, he wasn't drafted higher because Iowa didn't throw the ball to him ever. Mm-hmm. Right. And it turns out, oh, he's also an elite receiving tight end. And now, like, you're not going to find... You're going to have a hard time finding dudes that athletic. Right. Like, late in the draft anymore. Yeah, the the to find the next George Kittle, you have to get real specific. It's like, okay, hey, who is too skinny to play the position? <laughs> and then just work their ass off to become a good blocker. Runs a four five. And is also a wide receiver athletically. Right. That's all you need to do. Yeah, but, I think Kittle, Debo, and then and then Brock Purdy. But Kittle Fred, was the OG. What about Fred Warner? Yeah. Yeah. Fred yeah. Warner went in the third round because they were like, they didn't, they were like, is he a safety? Like he put Fred Warner right. essentially played in the slot at BYU. Larry Kruger, the homie, shout out, called him an arm tackler and didn't think he's going to be able to cut it as a linebacker in the NFL. Yeah. That's just, um, I, I just, I remember that. I don't mean to call out Larry specifically. That's just what the thought process was on Fred Warner. But it's just interesting because like the 49ers sort of, changed the way because of the production they got like for the Niners are obviously a very high profile team given their Mm -hmm. success and given the brand right Mm -hmm. and they've they've had successes with guys outside of the first round that sort of had an impact on the way the league views positions and yeah Brock Purdy's another one like Mm -hmm. now now quarterbacks who could have gone undrafted are like going in the fourth and fifth round yeah. So like, well, he might be the next Brock Purdy, so let's take a swing. The funniest part about that is is Dre Greenlaw was the perfect like, oh, next Fred Warner. And then the Niners drafted him. <laughs> right. Right. Uh Doug Farrar for a touchdown wire. I know we're not talking about linebackers right now, but Doug Farrar touchdown wire did the 11 best linebackers in the NFL. He does it for each position. And uh the 49ers not only have two linebackers in the top five, Greenlaw five, Warner one, they're the only team with two linebackers in the top 11. And then he did an honorable mention and Cincinnati has a guy in the honorable mention and then they have like the ninth, but it's just so it's the Niners are so far and away stacked it at yeah. linebacker and best of that position. But to bring Third this back, and fifth round picks to bring this back to tight ends, let's put the Oakley spotlight check out oakley.com today on the tight end two spot. And I'm not going to ask for a prediction because we haven't seen anything yet based on mini camp. Who's your TE two? No, we haven't, we haven't (laughs) seen anything yet, but I think this is the first time that 
gosh, since ever, ever under the Kyle Shanahan era. This is the first time that I've gone into a training camp or into a season going, oh, they might have a legitimately effective long-term tight end two option that allows them to do some cool stuff with two tight end sets. And it's not just, oh, hey, here's George Kittle and then a bunch of guys who can block. Tight end two. I think it's probably going to be Charlie Warner. But I'm kind of with you in that Braden Willis seems like somebody who like midseason could sort of like, I don't know, catch some passes on third down and then sort of grow into a role. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like, would that surprise you if that happened with Braden Willis? So my thing with Cameron Latu is given that it was a pretty steep learning curve in college for him switching from outside linebacker and pass rusher to tight end that he could be somebody who turns into like a starter caliber tight end, but I think it's like two years away. Yeah. But I think, see, the thing is, is it's going to be super interesting depending on how many tight ends the Niners want to keep and, and how things play out. I think four, four feels like the number, right? Yeah. So I think Dwelly's gone. That's my, that's been my, I think, I think Ross Dwelly's out, but that's again, we have to see training camp, but I think, Latu is going to be able to block right away. I, I think he's going to be able to, I don't think handling NFL bodies is going to be a problem for him, but I do think there's a, an extra layer to being a receiver in the NFL because of defenses being smarter, faster, where he's just not a super fluid, loose route runner. And I think that's going to cause him problems in a way that it isn't going to cause Braden Willis problems. Because I think he's a little more uh, athletically inclined as far as being a receiver, but yeah, I think I think it's going to take. I think it's going to take maybe half the season before we notice Charlie Warner not getting a bulk of the tight end two snaps. If that makes yeah. sense. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another thing, probably an underrated aspect of it, like Cameron Latu to be up on game day if he's not like a regular contributor at tight end is going to have to play some special teams. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like, right, like the, the, the decision between Latu and Willis based on like who's up on game day might just come down to special teams. Because yes. sometimes like they don't always have four. It's going to be a Jordan Mason, Ty Davis Price situation. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that could go a long way towards shaping Latu's development. And that's one thing, like, that's a tricky balance to find, right? Because mm-hmm. you're a contending team. You're trying to win every Sunday. You want to develop somebody like Cameron Latu, a third-round pick. Yeah. So you're you're like, all right, do we just throw this guy on the active roster see if we can develop him and get him some reps while knowing the guy who's inactive is better on special teams and might 
be more equipped to help us on a given Sunday, given that player could play special teams. Like Kyle Shannon is generally mm-hmm. veered in that direction. Like who's helping us on special teams. Right. More because we're banking on George Kittle and Charlie Warner getting all the reps at tight end during the game. Right. And not accounting for injury, which is problematic in and of itself, but that's, those are just tough decisions you have to make in the league. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm, but no, that to your point earlier, like because of that, it wouldn't surprise me if Braden Willis is is even like up on game days over Latu. Like if if Willis is a better special teams player, and I don't know that he is. Maybe Latu's a good special teams right. player, yeah, because he used to play defense. Sure, but no, I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting. This is all this is all stuff that has to get sorted out in training. I'm. This is such like, and I'm sure anybody spending time listening to a 49ers podcast in early July is on the same wavelength. But this is the kind of stuff about training camp that fascinates me endlessly. How's that backup tight end battle going? (laughs) I'm going to be dialed in. That's the Oakley Spotlight. Check out oakley.com today and upgrade your sunglass game in time for summer. So yeah, I think Kittle is the obvious number one tight end. I think it starts the season with Werner as the number two. And then, yeah, the better special teamer of Latu and Willis. Unless one of them, unless one of them, I, I I will add this caveat. Unless one of them is just really, really good offensively right away. And maybe they don't think that they're going to play a lot over Werner, but they have certain things they can do in the offense that the Niners can roll it out there half a dozen times and make defenses think. Like maybe Latu's just awesome at getting open in the red zone or, or Willis is really good after the catch. Then maybe maybe they they skip the special teams aspect of it if they think they're going to contribute to the offense in some way. Do you have any Troy Fumagalli takes? I don't think he's going to make the team. That's my Troy Fumagalli take. Practice squad guy last year. Yeah. Former that's, probably, that's probably where he's headed this year. Former fifth round pick of the Denver Broncos hasn't played in an NFL game since 2020. Yes, did start correct. five games in 2019. Yeah, also caught a lot of passes at Wisconsin. I just think if Troy Fumagalli was going to be a player for them, he would have been last year. <laughs> yeah, that's all. I think that's fair. I just feel like we have to we have to mention his name. Although Tyler Croft is hard to beat out. Yeah, they would not brought back last or this year. Tyler Croft now. Ross yeah, I, I just it they're in they're in such an interesting spot with with tight end. We can kind of we can kind of wrap it here. They because we mentioned George Kittle at the at the top of this. He turns thirty this year. They also have to see what life after George Kittle kind of looks like. Again, not that this is his last season with the 49ers, even his last two seasons, but how long is he going to continue to be effective? How long can he continue playing as many snaps as he does? And then what does the offense look like in the post-Kittle era where, okay, they don't have the most dominant run-blocking tight end and one of the two best pass-catching tight ends in the league in the same guy? What do they do after that? And I think that's something they're also trying to figure out with the Latu and Willis duo is figuring out, okay, not only who can contribute right away, but then, hey, can this guy be a player who can replicate George Kittle down the line? Or does the offense fundamentally change? Yeah. There's a lot going on there. 
George Kittle sort of embody em, embodies. I, I was epitomized and embody came to my head at the same time. He embodies the versatility of Kyle Shanahan's offense. Yes, yes. It feels so, like he was. It feels like he was the key that unlocked everything. The 49ers are a good rushing team in part because George Kittle's an elite blocker. Mm-hmm. Ergo, the 49ers are an elite play action team because George Kittle's an elite blocker, but also an elite pass catcher. Mm-hmm. And given how often you can get George Kittle in space via play action, mm-hmm. he's just an incredibly important player to both aspects of what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I also, yeah, there's what, no, there's no just like replicating that. One thing I forgot to mention at the top. I do think we're still going to see the explosive plays from him, but I think they're going to come on the, the long touchdowns we saw from him towards the end of this year, where it's, where it's Purdy escaping the pocket and rolling out and extending the play. Because now you have to continue covering George Kittle. You have to have eyes on the quarterback. And then once Kittle gets the ball in space, it's just really hard to bring him down. Like he's really hard to tackle. And so I think that gives him more opportunities to find space. Purdy's looking to push the ball down the field where, where Kittle's generally hanging out. That play against the Cowboys comes to mind. Uh, that kind of game-changing juggling catch by Kittle where he wasn't even supposed to be out in a route. But he just went and found space as Purdy was extending a play. I think we're going to continue to see some explosive plays from George Kittle. I just don't think the production is going to get, you know, where he's hit 1,200 yards and that kind of thing. Agreed. Hell yeah. Tight ends. Uh, just one episode for us this week because of the, the holiday. The holiday. We got basketball starting up again. But California yeah, Classic, just, also known as the Classic. El Clasico. <laughs> Is what I've started. I don't think that's used for any major sports thing. So, right, <laughs> not anywhere else in the world. <laughs> it's not a major thing that happens. No, uh, just one episode this week, but we will be back with a couple episodes a week leading up to training camp, which begins at the end of this month. We don't have specific dates yet, but it's right around the corner. Super excited! Can't wait to actually talk about stuff of consequence and being able to talk about the tight ends and what we've seen and and. And all that jazz. It's going to be super fun. Thank you, everybody who's stuck along side us through the slog of the offseason. Uh, just a couple more weeks to go. And then we'll have training camp. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Shout out to Lamb Chops. Shout out to Oakley. Shout out to our guy, Tyler, who's getting some vacay. I love that for Which him. It's deserved. Extru- like, he's taking a week. Take three off. Like, <laughs> we got you. Uh, so, yeah, shout out to Tyler, also on vacation. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Woo.